It was another busy weekend at Chestnut Hill as the Eagles go ahead and land another transfer. There may be more on the way. We're going to talk about the newest name BC has landed, why I think FCS football recruits that are good might actually be better than unproven FBS transfers. Quinton Post, what are they going to do with them? And where does Boston College continue to look as they head into the early signing period? We'll get into all of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, busy weekend for the Eagles. If you were a member of Eagle Insider, you know that the Eagles had at least three transfers on campus that we know about. And if you were one of our premium members, you also know that there's something going on on campus. There's, I'm just going to say this is a hunch. BC was very quiet. And when they're very quiet, to me, that means a few different things. That they have some recruits or transfers on campus they don't want you to know about. Or there's someone committed that they didn't want you to know about. And that that's kind of the impression that I got. Um, if it, if it's just, if it's just that they didn't want you to know about the three guys that, uh, announced on, on Twitter that they were coming to the campus. Well, then that, that's a a full paw on their part because I, everyone and their mother knew Kari Johnson from Arkansas, Elijah Judy from Texas A&M. And, um, I am blanking on the third name. Uh, there was a third transfer there, uh, on campus this weekend in Chestnut Hill, but, the, one of the surprises came through as LIU, that's Long Island University, defensive back Victor Nelson Jr. committed to Boston College over the weekend. Now, you're probably going to yourself, and I don't blame you if you do. Who the heck is NIU <laughs> at LIU? Because I had no clue. I had to look it up because I was like, okay, are they are they FCS? Are they D2? What, what's the deal here? Because, you know, they've gotten some really interesting um, recruits and transfers in the portal from schools you never heard of. They had that defensive back that played just a little bit a couple of years ago. I'm totally blanking on his name. Had a long weekend. Just going to put that out there. Um, but I'm, I'm intrigued by Nelson. I think there's something to be excited about what he could bring. This kid is 6'4", 210 pounds. He's going to be a safety. Okay. Uh, he played safety for LIU. He was all NEC team, so he he's obviously one of the best in the, in the conference. He had six interceptions. He had three interceptions against number five Villanova, so he's done it against quality opponents. He had one against Toledo, an FBS team. This kid has what I would call intriguing upside. Very intriguing upside. Because, yeah, when you see a a player come in from a school you've never heard of, who's played a whole bunch of other teams, you probably don't care about, or or who cares, right? You're probably thinking to yourself like, how is this going to translate to the pro level? 
And that's a fair criticism, right? Because it's a jump. It's a jump. But what he does bring you is intrigue. He brings you the possibility that he could take that next level step. I mean, I, I always bring up Zion Johnson because he's he's um, a great example of it. But there's plenty of other examples of kids that played at a lower level that dominated at the next level. Look at Jared Verse last year for Florida State. He played for Albany the year before. And he became, you know, what looks like to be a very high NFL draft pick. He was one of the best defenders in the NF- in the ACC last year when he was healthy. I'm not asking... Uh, Victor Nelson to be the you know a, a borderline first round draft pick. He's only played two seasons. He has six interceptions this season. He you know he played a little bit the year before. He could be a real steal because he's already proven that he he's a playmaker. I don't and I don't care what level it is. When you're a playmaker, you're a playmaker, right? When kids transfer up that are running backs that run for you know, 1400 yards in a season, you don't say, Oh, they played against, you know, crappy teams. You look at him and you say, okay, well, maybe he's going to be able to do some things for our team because he's already shown he can do that. That's what Victor Nelson's already done. And I think he was near the top of the country in the FCS in terms of interceptions that that's quality right there. And BC desperately needed help at safety. They've already lost their two starters from last year. Two of the, you know, they had three throughout the year, but the two main starters, Jaden Lars, uh, Jaden Woodbay is going to the NFL draft. He's gone. And Jason Matry is at, uh, in the transfer portal. And if you're interested in see where Jason Matry en- uh, ends up, he is announcing on Tuesday. Um, he's got offers from Oklahoma state, Texas A&M, he, you know, all over the place for him. He's probably could end up at some place fun, but, back to the Eagles, the Eagles need somebody to step in. They've got Cole Batson and uh, Steve Lubisher. You know, he's played some limited snaps. I'm not sure what he will do, but you need to bring depth in. You need guys that can battle and probably possibly take one of those starting spots if he does it. And that's exactly what Victor Nelson does. You have two years with him. If you have found a safety in the transfer portal that can do what he looks like he can do. I mean, six, four, I, with good speed too. That's the other piece I've left off is that I've heard that his speed is anywhere from four, four to four, five. You add that speed in with a guy that is a ball Hawk and good size. Sign me up. This is a low risk, high reward transfer portal move. Is this the one that's like the sexiest move they made? Absolutely not, but it could end up being one. That's the steal of the year. And I love it. I love that. They found a guy that looks like he fits. And if you need a reason to like the dude, He's a pre-med major. He was all academics. I mean, I know folks don't really care about that, but it does help to bring in quality players. And this kid is kid's bright. He's a good player. I mean, you just gotta, it's hard to hate this move unless you just, you're stuck on, he's in an FCS, he's an FCS player. Because there's so many things that are, I think are positive about it. And if it doesn't work out, you know what? You have 85 scholarships. It doesn't work out. He can transfer out after next year. But I get the sense that this might be a, a, a solid move for the Eagles. Now, in a moment, I'm going to look at where the Eagles need to go from here because I'm I'm thinking that they need to still continue. I think most people are still th- believing that they need to continue to look at that transfer portal, and I think so too. But before we do that, 
let's take a break and talk about these days. Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn jobs is so easy to use. All you do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And with simple tools like screening questions, make it makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Lockdown BC, AJ Black here. We are talking about transfer portal success. And before we get into the next segment, got a favor to ask for all of you. If you have not done so already, if you're listening to this live, smash that like button. Make pretend it is a, a piece of, of um, raw chicken meat that you just need to beat up. Hit that as hard as you can. Hit that like button so that we get the, our our podcast up in the algorithm. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button. Super easy. You'll get free Boston College content sent directly to your feed every day. So if you're in the mood to talk BC, all you do is it'll go to your YouTube feed. And it's free. It helps us out. And, you know, we're the only Boston College podcast that does this every single day. I, I've got the fever for BC. I love talking about it with you guys every single day. And we would love to have you be part of our army that is checking this out and, and being a commenter. So if you're a listener, you have some thoughts too, please hit the comment section right now. All right. So Eagles, they have three commitments already in the transfer portal. They got Kyle Hergel from Texas State. They have Ryan O'Keefe from UCF. And they have... Um, Victor Nelson Jr., defensive back from um, LIU. In addition, they need to start looking. They need to add. There's no way that right now this team is done. I I, do, I really don't believe that BC has finished um, in, in terms of adding to their team. And where do they need to go next? They, you know, they can't just add 25 transfer portal players. That's just not going to happen. It's not realistic given the numbers that they have. But another three, four, absolutely is in the realm of possibility for this offseason. I could easily see a recruiting uh, transfer portal class of like eight players. Doesn't seem like that that weird, right? So where does BC go next? I think first and foremost, the big one is offensive line. They absolutely need at least one more player um, to, to fill out the depth chart there because, the, you know, Kurgle is a great get. Getting Christian Mahogany back almost counts as a transfer portal um, addition, in my opinion, because you didn't have him last year, and now you add him back to your roster. You're adding a player of, you know, high, high quality um, that you are going to really improve your offensive line with. So, I, you know, I think that one counts, but I, I still think, and I don't know if it's a starter, a depth player. I, I'm looking more at the at the tackle position at this point to to, to add a little depth there because you're bringing back Ozzy Trapillo, who, you know, had an up and down year. Nothing wrong with that. It's your first year starting. You you want to see him take that next step, but it's natural to be a little concerned. You have Kevin Klein um, coming back from injury on the other end, and then on top of that. You have, 
you know, a lot of question marks. You have Nick Thomas, Jack Conley. What do you do here? Do you add another recruit? I think you have to. I think you, and Jude Bowery, Jude Bowery, who hasn't played yet. I think you might want to look at one more player. And I think this, the staff is definitely looking out there. One name that I just saw pop up. And I, again, these names, like I think BC does their due diligence to see if they're interested. There may be all sorts of different factors in play of whether they are interested in BC, uh, whether they are going to come up here or take a visit. But the one big thing that I noticed, I saw Logan Taylor, who is a multi-year starter for UVA. I saw the staff kind of trying to connect with him and love to see something like that. Not sure. I, you know, like a guy like that, that's a multi-year starter. It's an uphill battle, but you know, you can, you can, you can be creative and find a tackle. I think I, I would say for offensive line for me, I think they need just one more player. I think you have, as I said, you have uh herple, herkel, Hergel, Herple, Hergel, <laughs> Hergel, Mahogany, and then whoever your third guy is probably a tackle. That does that does a trick. You get three guys. You really sure up a position that was a real area of weakness last year. That's one position. I still don't think BC's done as well at defensive back. Uh, Kari, Kari Johnson was on campus this weekend. I know he still has other visits to do. He's originally from Boston. He went to Suffolk Academy. Um you know, if he wants to come play at home for a couple of years, nothing wrong with that. He had uh, 25 tackles this last season for the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. You know, I love to see BC add a cornerback. They get the safety help now at a cornerback to add a little bit more depth there, just in case anything happens. Don't think that's the worst idea in the world. The other one, other position, I still think that they really want to address is running back. This, these are the big three for me. Um, you have Alex Brum, but you saw last year, how quickly an injury at that position really devastated things because you lost Alex Singfield, Cam Barfield looked like he was hurt. Alex Broom got hurt, and you were so you were struggling to find guys to, to take snaps behind Pat Garwo. I think BC needs at least one running back. You go in next year because you already lost Singfield with a running back group of Garwo, Broom, Barfield, and a transfer. You have four guys. I think that would do it. I think you'd add um you'd add some real quality depth there. I think you need that because honestly, given the way that they've already started to rebuild the, the, the offensive line, there's no way that the BC is not running the ball next year. They can't just, you know, go completely with the pass. And that's not what I think McNulty wants. McNulty wants balance. And so if, you know, you get some decent, I'm going to go back to what I said last year. Decent offensive line play. I think they could get there this next year. I really do. You can run the ball. So you get a, a, a stable of running backs that can do that. Um, I, you know, folks have been asking. I saw someone saying that they need to get uh, linebackers. I don't see it. Maybe a defensive lineman. May, that would probably be the fourth one is defensive line. Um, to add some depth behind next year, you lose Valdez. We don't know what's going on with Sheeta Salah yet. Um, but you'll have... Um, Donovan Nazaraku and Nito Akpala, but I, and probably Edwin Kalengi, but you probably want at least four. You see how deep the, uh, Halfley likes his defensive line to be. I think he'll add one more there. So those are the four. Those are my four right there. If you agree with me, disagree with me, leave it in the comment section. Love to hear what you have to say. Let's get a comment before we get into some basketball talk. Jeff Snell says, or Shell, excuse me. Sorry, Jeff. LIU safety sounds great. I'm a bit surprised because Halfley's whole thing, smaller, faster guys. Are the coaches are the coaches changing their strategy or is there any concern he won't work in half scheme? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I, I, I have to want, yeah, 
you're you're right. He does he does like smaller guys at points, but I he, he likes the faster guys. But I've also noticed at times, and from the guys I've talked to, that he really does prefer length when he can get it. If he can get length and speed, that's like the ideal player for Halfley. He just hasn't been able to get it yet. Um, and so I, I if if this kid can run like I've heard he can run, he might fit a, a couple different um, abilities that Halfley's looking for. But again, we'll have to wait and see what he does. You know, it's a it's a big question mark there. So, in our final segment, thank you, Jeff, for that question. I want to get into a little bit uh, of basketball talk because we're get, we're gonna head back into the teeth of um, ACC play and there's one big missing factor for BC. I want to talk about what his future should hold for the rest of this year and how big of a difference he really will make on a team that has one of the worst offenses in college basketball. We'll get into that in just a moment. Now, if you have not done it already, please check out locked on ACC. It is hosted by the great Candace Cooper and has some great co-hosts, um, including uh, myself. I'm usually, I'm on there every now and then. Um, I think I'm off for a while though. I think we're, we're used there. She's using a co-host for a little bit, but check out locked on ACC, wherever you get your podcast. It's a great podcast. Now, now I want to tell you about bet online. If you have been listening to this podcast, you know, bet online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup. We got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can, you can find those as well at bet online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. We're going to wrap things up today talking a little basketball. Now, the Eagles, they're off until the 21st where they take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. And they're still short-staffed a little bit. They have Donald Hand. He's out for the year. Guard, freshman. He played, what, the first game? He's been out since. He had tore his ACL. He's gone. And Makai Ashton-Langford, he's back. That's good. But the big, 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 big issue is the missing center, Quentin Post. Now, BC has not played with him all year long. He's had a foot injury. He's been in a boot. About a week ago, um, Earl Grant said, Post will be back. You know, I said four to six weeks. He originally said day to day. (sighs) Injury news is always just, you know, just be honest with us, folks. But. He said, you know, I said four to six weeks. We're at week four, so, you know, it's going to be like a week or two. I've heard buzz that he was still limping around. I don't know. So it still seems like a week or two. But that's honestly at this point, I'm kind I almost want to say it's almost kind of irrelevant. I mean, he's going to bring some interior presence that you desperately need that you don't get with TJ Bickerstaff or CJ Penna or um, or Devin McLaughlin, who's who, you know, he's done his thing. But even if you bring back Quinton Post, is he going to fix an offense that is at barely averaging 60 points a game? Is he going to fix an offense that has no outside shooting? Is he going to fix an offense that's terrible at free throws? The answer to this is no. He right now is the, he's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But realistically, what Quinton Post can do, 
I don't see him being the biggest uh, a factor enough to fix what's going on with this team. The systemic issues with BC basketball is much bigger than Quentin Post. You know, he can come in there and score 16 points, but that's not going to help some of these other guys that are out there struggling, like Jaden Zachary, who's had, you know, some really off games, and Mason Madsen, who's had some tough games. They've got to figure out their stuff, too. This isn't just a Quentin Post thing. This is the other guys. So when I hear... When I hear a, a you know BC losing in a game and the announcer is just going droning on and on and on and on and on and on about injuries, I'm like, it, yeah, that's part of the problem, but it's not the whole thing. BC's offense is so disjointed, is so ineffective right now that you can plug in it. If you're gonna plug in a guy like Post, he better be the second coming of Dirk Nowitzki out there. Otherwise, he's not gonna make a difference. He's going to make a slight difference because he's better than what they have out there. But I still don't think that's enough. I still don't think that's going to make them super effective in ACC play or win games that they're not supposed to win. I think he'll be, he'll get BC closer to where they want to be. I see him being a guy that can, you know, instead of, you know, when they play for a team like Virginia tech, make it a, you know, a closer loss. And if you're better, it might make things a little bit hairier instead of just, you know, fading on BC all the time. But I I don't, I don't see him magically turning this team into an NIT team or a borderline NCAA team. I I don't think it's realistic. That's all. I, I think we're putting way too much expectations on posts. I think it'll be good to get him back, but I don't see him like he's going to be good defensively against some of the bigger um, better defenders you face in the ACC, especially at the center position. But I don't know. I, I just I just want us to temper our expectations for post when he comes back. All right, this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you're listening right now. And hit like. Really, folks, it's super simple stuff. It does help a ton. We'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully with some more recruiting news. But we also have National Signing Day stuff we got to get into. Um, and we'll be looking to see if there's any possible flips that BC will be getting and any chance that BC could lose some players as we get closer to that day where they put pen to paper. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.